is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Oh. Number 70! We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Short open, Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mic. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can call us at 631-965-4990. Download our app, guys. If you don't have our app, all you have to do is go to iOS and put in WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 we have a great show lined up for you guys today. Our computer, one of my computers are down, so I'm dealing with a lot of technical difficulties. At 1030, we'll be talking to Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit uh, Aiden Logan. And at 1130, we'll be talking to Stanford defensive end recruit Zach Buckley, a Bucky. So uh, before we uh, get into uh, entertainment and sports news, Speedy, how are you doing today? I'm just struggling to survive right now. I had some stomach issues earlier today. Uh, were, you, were you in the bathroom? I was. Were you taking uh, dumperoos? I, I, uh, well, one big one. One yeah. big one? Was, that, was it long? Was it fat? What was it? Uh, long, yeah. It was <laughs> long. It was long. It was were long. you constipated? Yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Speedy was constipated, ladies and gentlemen. So, as you know, if it's not sports media, we could talk about the crazy stuff of Speedy Beatty. That's not uh, crazy. It is crazy. We're, People go through that. Yeah. Did you eat anything today that made your stomach a little uh, well, maybe yesterday. Froggy? I was eating a lot yesterday. What were you eating yesterday? I had... I, had I don't think people care what you were eating. Well, then don't I, ask. <laughs> I don't know. I was just asking you what, what your stomach was uh, well, feeling yesterday. Okay. Well, I'm telling you, but if you don't want to know, don't ask. I don't. Anyways, as you guys know, we do this every single Wednesday. Speedy. Sports and entertainment news. Hit it. Padres Fernando Tatis Jr. Interested in, in, uh, uh, in discussion extension. Well... Here's the problem. Fernando Tatis is a rookie. This guy's only been in the league for a year and a half. Why is he expecting a big-time contract and extension right now? I, I, he's not Gleyber Torres. He's not Aaron Judge. He's not any of these guys that have been in the league for a couple of years and have been on top of the league. He, he's had a great season. He might be the MVP. Does he deserve extension? I doubt it. Le'Veon Bell could wind up with the Chiefs. Outfit, could you figure that? A couple oh, of days man. ago. A couple of days ago, uh, actually it was yesterday, 24 hours ago, the New York Jets drop and release Le'Veon Bell, maybe because of the stuff that we've heard inside and out of the locker room. Uh, we will get into that a little bit later, but Le'Veon Bell, a chief, if he goes to the Chiefs, that will be an explosive offense. Putting him all, he would fit any Reed's offense. Oh, he yeah. would perfect. Easily. Mike D'Antoni could reunite with Steve Nash on the next staff. Oh, goody, goody. <laughs> goody, goody. All you fans out there that love Steve Nash, 
adding Mike D'Antonia as an assistant coach will just make everybody so bright. <laughs> Figure that one out. NFL rumors and news. Bears' Matt Nagy doesn't rule out Le'Veon Bell. Did we even did we even think that he was going to rule out Le'Veon Bell? Maybe Le'Veon Bell doesn't want to go to the Bears. Maybe he wants to go somewhere else. Maybe he wants to go to New England Patriots. Maybe he wants to go to the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Or maybe the Miami Dolphins. Maybe he wants to go back to the Jets. Who knows? <laughs> uh, NFL reportedly has no plans to implement playoff bubble. Well, they better start thinking about that. I mean, players after players after players every single week from teams, stuff coming out from all different parts of teams, coaching staffs. Eventually, this is going to get worse as it gets colder. So right. I do believe the NFL has to look into this. They have to do it, especially the amount of cases that have already come up recently, too. And even uh, both in college and professional football, just the amount of traveling we've seen so far have led to cases. Tennessee Titans deal unhappy linebacker Kamale Carrera to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You like that move? I, I don't know why it really fits Jacksonville. Correa's more of a 3-4 type linebacker. Jacksonville is a 4-3 defense. Plus, they don't really need linebackers. I don't really get that. How Cowboys offense will evolve around Andy Dalton and Ezekiel Elliott? Well, I, I think it'll be just as good as Dak Prescott. I think Andy Dalton fits the offense. Mike McCarthy's offense, he really does, believe it or not. I think he fits better than Dak Prescott in the West Coast offense. He's played in the West Coast offense practically his whole career with the Bengals, and he's got more offensive weapons now with Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and um, Amari Mark Cooper so, and Ezekiel Elliott. So maybe Ezekiel Elliott's running game will get a little bit better. Doug Peterson reveals that the Eagles have interest in Le'Veon Bell. Who doesn't have interest in interest in Le'Veon Bell. I think everybody and their mother has interest in Le'Veon Bell. He's, you don't have to give up much. You don't have to give up anything. You just got to pay him. Actually, you don't even have to pay him. The Jets are paying him. <laughs> yeah, the so, Jets still have to take on $6 million. It's a freebie for him, so why not? NBA rumors and news. Knicks interested in Russell Westbrook if Rockets decide to trade him. The Knicks are interested in anybody, any superstar. <laughs> Chris Paul, uh, Giannis, anybody. Anthony Davis. They're going to be interested in making a move to bring in a superstar. Adding Russell Westbrook, does it help the Knicks? I don't know. I, I, I think Russell Westbrook's a great player. I just don't know if he fits the culture of the New York Knicks. Yeah, that, that's going to be a player you're going to trade a lot in order to get to. So Ray, I don't know if it's worth it. Rajon Rondo expected to test free agency after title with the Lakers. Well, the Lakers aren't going to re-sign him. They got, the, they, they got the championship. They got Rondo to help him out win a championship. Rondo's an old man. I mean, he's in his mid-30s. He's about done. He had a great he had a great playoff for the Lakers. He also played with LeBron James. It makes him even better. So, you know what I could see? That's what news to me. You know, I can see which would be funny. He went to the Clippers. <laughs> Maverick star Luka Doncic favored to win the 2020-2021 MVP. Well, he was the best player in my eyes throughout the league all season long. He didn't have Chris Stapp's Porzingis all season with injury and, and also the bubble situation yeah. with COVID-19. I'm very intrigued to see what Luka Doncic could do next year. Back-to-back -back seasons with 29 points and, and the way he, do he dominated the league in certain aspects of the game. Unbelievable player. Yeah, you wonder what kind of where he would have been this year without the injury for him, too. MLP rumors and news. Yankees GM Brian Cashman defends team's pitching strategy. Well, of course he's going to defend the pitching strategy. Was it a good pitching strategy? Well, I didn't like the Garcia move in game number three, okay? I didn't like that move. So 
again on game number two. So I, I didn't like that. So moving forward, I think the Yankees are going to have to find some starting pitching. Maybe Trevor Bauer if they want to open their pockets. But Brian Cashman came out and said that with the COVID-19 situation and also how Steinberg coming out and saying that COVID-19 has hurt the Yankees more than any team in professional baseball. So I don't know if that's going to happen this year. they got to look to sign DJ LeMayo before they do any of that. What did you think about the Chapman coming in the seventh inning? Obviously it didn't work. Are you okay with that? No, I'm not. I, I think the Yankees need to add another closer. That's what I think. Um, Hater would be a nice uh, add-on for them. So mm-hmm. he's a free agent. Yeah. Maybe I had somebody like him. Astros, Carlos Correa providing his can. Um, he, he can still be one of Major League's best players. I don't know what drugs he's on unless he's cheating. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. Look what Altuve did. Altuve can't even throw to first base anymore. He's more like a Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, I was going to say, sacks. he's Chuck Knobloch 2.0. <laughs> uh, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. NHL rumors and news. Canadian signed Brendan Gallagher to a six-year, 36, $39 million deal. What do you like about that, Speedy? Not bad. A decent amount of money. I, I, I think Gallagher, he's a good player when he's healthy. It's just, again, the length may be a little concerning, but I like the deal in terms of the money, though. And final news, Cristiano Ronaldo comes down with COVID-19. Mm. Finally, we hear about a soccer player coming down with, um, I guess, uh, the virus. Very interested to see how the European League over there is going to handle Cristiano Ronaldo uh, yeah. coming down with COVID-19. That is the week in sports and entertainment. I want to get into the Le'Veon Bell situation, okay? Uh, I know a lot of Jet fans are upset that Le'Veon Bell is no longer a New York Jet. And I heard what Adam Gase said today. It's irrelevant on what, how he should have used Le'Veon Bell in his offense. And he's absolutely right. It is irrelevant because he's no longer part of the organization. But there is some truth to what Adam Gase has done to this team this season. He really has completely self-destructed with the way this team runs and way, the way they play their, their offensive style of game. Uh, as an offensive guru or quarterback guru – Uh, that everybody kept talking about (laughs) when he came to the New York Jets. Everywhere and every single quarterback that has played under him, including Ryan Tannehill. Did anybody watch Ryan Tannehill yesterday on Tuesday Night Football? Did anybody watch how good he played on Tuesday Night Football without practicing because of the whole COVID-19 scare? And without two top receivers, too. So what does that tell you? He scored 41 points against, against a very good defense. One of the best defenses in the NFL. And what does that tell you about Adam Gase moving forward? What does that tell you about Sam Darnold? What it tells you is poor Sam Darnold. Oh, we got Jeff over here. He's trying to call up this show. And Jeff, if you want to call this show, it's no longer 631-965. I hear the music, and he's trying to call the show. Jeff, if you want to call the show, all you have to do is call 203 470 0918. Again, it's 203-470-0918. So it's no longer the 965 number. So you have to call 203-470-0918. I'm not saying it again, Jeff. So if you can't hear it, we're not answering the other number. Uh, but going back into Le'Veon Bell, I, I think looking at the big picture and where Le'Veon Bell is and where the Jets are as an organization. And you can, you, can send, you can send it to Jeff. Post it up on the social media, Facebook, Speedy, so everybody can actually call the show. Um, 
the problem here right now with the New York Jets is this organization is going down and going down far. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen uh, going through the rest of the season. Uh, looking at their schedule, the Jets don't look like they're going to win one game this year. I know looking at Miami, Miami has, you know, they have the best chance to beat Miami out of all the teams. I don't think they're beating Miami, especially last week beating San Francisco. And they couldn't beat San Francisco. San Francisco scored 30-something points. Their backup quarterback coming in in the third quarter, they, they practically scored 30 points with their backup players. The New York Jets right now, as an organization, they're a, 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 a laughing stock. This organization, yes, I am a Jet fan. Yes, I'm not happy to watch the New York Jets moving forward. I don't want to see the Jets win another game this year because I want them to get the number one pick. Now, either even if it's Trevor Lawrence or they decide to keep Sam Darnold, I think moving forward, the New York Jets as a whole needs to rebuild this organization. I think Joe Douglas needs to find a way to build this organization back to reality here. Where, where I look at the New York Jets as a whole, this team is a laughingstock. I, I, I don't look at anybody on this team to be any significance. C.J. Mosley, C.J. Mosley, uh, we'll put him through. Hold on. C.J. Mosley decided not to play this season. Le'Veon Bell, uh, all, all offseason, did not want to be a Jet. He, he, and, and after hearing what Jamal Adams really pushed himself out of the New York Jets organization, he was upset at Jamal Adams because Jamal Adams was the one that talked Le'Veon Bell to come to this organization and help them win a championship. The problem is, and, and the big picture is, when you look at the Jets and their organization right now, I don't know where they're going. Where they're going with their defense, where they're going with their offense. They don't even know who their next coach is going to be. I don't even know if they think that they're going to fire Adam Gase at the end of the season. So I, I, I understand why Jet fans are upset. They should be upset. Should they be upset at the organization? Well, they should be upset at the, 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 um, the Johnson family. I, I, I don't blame the Johnsons for um, some of the acquisitions that they made in the offseason. I don't blame the Johnsons for paying Le'Veon Bell the money that they paid him. I'm not going to blame the Johnsons for paying C.J. Mosley the money that they gave him. He's one of the best linebackers in the league. Le'Veon Bell at the, at the time was one of the best running backs in the league. They spent their money wisely. It just, it just so happens those players didn't fit the New York Jets. But who does? What player in free agency in the last, I don't know, 10 years has actually came to the New York Jets and helped the New York Jets win? And the answer is no one. The last one was Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, and that was only a year. They didn't win. They, they, didn't, they were, didn't go to the playoffs, no, did they? they? No, they didn't. So they didn't win. So don't even bring them up. They didn't win. They didn't get, they didn't get into the playoffs. Every single player that they brought to this organization in the last 10 years have not panned out. And the problem with the New York Jets and their organization is they're poorly run. I think they ran pretty well with uh, GM Joe Douglas. We'll see what he does in the offseason. We'll see if he fires Adam Gase. He hasn't fired Adam Gase yet, so that's a huge problem. Now, Speedy, you could put through. Who do we have on the phone? How are you, Errol? What's going on, Jeff? I know you were calling the 965 number. We're not using the 965 number tonight. Sorry, you guys changed so often. That's my bad. That's all right, man. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Anyways, uh, listen, I, I'm not necessarily you know, trying to crap on Joe Douglas here at all because I don't think he's been bad. But don't you think this is a case where he missed? Like, couldn't you have gotten 
something for him and then you know wiped away the money that you owe him going forward like even a sixth round pick a seventh round pick isn't don't you feel like he missed that opportunity i think he missed the opportunity but everything that i've heard from the new york jets in their organization and some of the writers that have been writing they have been trying to move Le'Veon Bell for the last week and a half. Nobody wanted to give him any significant picks. And even if he could have gotten a sixth or seventh pick, we haven't heard anything. Because I think they, the Jet, I think a lot of teams knew that the Jets wanted to get rid of him, and they were willing to get rid of him for practically anything. And I think no team wanted to bite because they didn't want to give up any draft stock. So maybe well, you're right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Well, the, well, where I, where I'm, you know, the example that I would use where I think you know, it's almost criminal where Joe Douglas kind of neglected his duty is you can just look at a trade that actually happened and look what it happened for. Would, do you think that the, the, uh, the, the Houston Texans would gladly take Levy on bell over David Johnson? And then you would have gotten back to Andre Hopkins. Yes. Like, like very, like very clearly this wasn't working from the start base. And Le'Veon Bell have been at each other since they even signed uh, Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. He was making comments about it and whatever. I, this was this was doomed to fail from the very start. Absolutely. So they, they had the whole off season, you know, last off season and everything to make moves, and it getting to this point is a complete failure. Oh, absolutely. And I think the New York Jets as an organization right now are, are the laughing stock of football. It's no longer the Browns. It's not the Giants. It's not anybody. It's, the, it's the New York Jets. There. No, yeah. the, <laughs> no, the Lions aren't the laughing stock of the New York Jets. The, the laughing stock of the NFL right now is the New York Jets. Don't even bring right, but, the Lions. It's but, not but the but Lions. This is, but this is why I say, like, and listen, Joe Douglas has done some good things, and I know you're a fan of Joe Douglas. I am. I'm not saying those, I'm not saying those other things aren't going to work out. But you don't – I mean, the money is comparable, the David Johnson money and the Le'Veon Bell money, and you would have gotten tremendous compensation off of that. I'm pretty sure Sam Darnold would like to be throwing to, uh, DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Yeah, but we can't what if anything that happened in the offseason. Uh, all we know – But you can, though, because Adam Gase was making dumbass comments about Le'Veon Bell from the very start. Yes. From the very start, this was doomed to fail. And the deterioration of signing Le'Veon Bell and having the Jets fan base being excited to immediately Adam Gase kind of crapping on that whole deal and not liking it. it <laughs> listen, it's gotten to this point for a reason, and no one wants him for a reason, and I get that. But David John- Le'Veon Bell is definitely a better running back than David Johnson. Yes. And, you know, the money is comparable. And it's a missed opportunity. Yes, it was a missed opportunity. But again, it was really at uh, the last last moment, the last couple of weeks, uh, you've been hearing stories from Le'Veon Bell when he got hurt that he doesn't want to be here. Uh, he actually did something. I think he posted something on Twitter about two, two and a half weeks ago uh, making jokes about the New York Jets organization. He never, meant, he never mentioned the New York Jets organization. He just meant it, mentioned an organization. So I do believe that uh, slowly but surely, he was running himself out of New York, uh, out of the organization. I also believe that after Jamal Adams really pushed himself out, Le'Veon Bell wanted nothing to do with the organization. So, again, it was a missed opportunity. May- you want to blame that on Joe Douglas? Fine, then blame it on Joe Douglas. Well, but- listen, there's not a lot to put blame on him for. I mean, he, you know, I mean, he's been there for a year, and not everything, you know, not every deal that's been signed, not every contract that's there is his. So, 
you know, I mean, it doesn't really all fall on Joe Douglas, and I get that. There have been some missed opportunities for sure, but, you know, I, I think that the problem that Joe Douglas has right now more than anything is the culture inside that building because there's a reason why Le'Veon is not there. Whoever you want to blame on that is fine. But Jamal Adams can't be ignored in this whole thing because he basically forced his way out of that building. It's all Adam Gase. Reason. And I think Joe Douglas knows that. The fact that he didn't fire Adam Gase yet, is, I know, is astonishing to a lot of fans. But here's the reason why I think he didn't fire Adam Gase. Who do you have to fill in that spot? You're going to – you're planning to lose anyways. I think the Jets are trying to lose anyways. Right but now – Right now, it doesn't matter. I, I understand it, it. It doesn't matter, anyways. The season is over for the New York Jets. It's over. Right, but it, right, but it would send a message to the players to be like, "Hey, Joe Douglas really cares. He got the he got the bad vibe out of the building." And I think the the quicker that he does that, the better off that they would be. I think that there's a lot right now. You look at Joe Douglas. I think Joe Douglas has a relationship right now with Adam Gates. They've had a relationship since the Bears. They've known each other since the Eagles. I mean, again, I, I don't, I don't believe that Joe Douglas isn't going to fire Adam Gates at the end of the season. I believe Adam Gates is getting fired no matter what. But I think in the big picture. He already sees the season as a lost season. Uh, he wants to see some of these players develop. Maybe he thinks that Adam Gase is the guy that's going to help these guys develop. I don't know what he's thinking in his head, but maybe that's what he thinks. I don't know what he thinks in his head. Nobody does. No, None of the Jet Riders know what he's thinking in his head. I don't think anybody on the or- in the organization. And I think it has a lot to do with the Johnson family because the Johnson family doesn't want to look like fools because you heard what Chris Johnson said two and a half, three weeks ago when a lot of the press was attacking him about Adam Gase. And he says that we still think that Adam Gase is is a guru when it comes to the offense, and he they still believe that he is going to help Sam Darnold turn into the quarterback that they think he could be. I, I don't know what he's thinking in his head. I don't think they want to look bad, but in the end, he, they're going to look bad no matter what because he's going to get fired. If they go 0-16 or 1-15 this year, he's getting fired. Look at his record the two years he's been there. How many wins did he have last year? Six? Seven. Seven wins, and this year he gets one. How could he not get fired? You can't tell me that it didn't. He didn't have talent. They had talent. They had Le'Veon Bell. They had the players that they thought they had. They thought that reconstructed offensive line that has played better this year, uh, as you know, has going to it was going to help Sam Darnold. The problem is the offensive style, side of the ball, where Crowder and all the other players that they thought were going to be big, uh, big, um, big players, yeah. big players are either hurt or just didn't want to play. And that's the problem. None of these. C.J. Mosley didn't want to play for the Jets. C.J. Mosley will be gone in the offseason. They're going to drop his contract. And Le'Veon Bell didn't want to play for the Jets. So what did the Jets do? They did what he wanted. They tried to move him, and they couldn't move him, so they, they released him. Now he can go wherever he wants. They'll, they'll pay him $6 million for the rest of the season. They have to pay him $4 million on the cap next year. But it's going to be hard to drop Mosley especially when, you know, you just got rid of Le'Veon Bell. There's going to be They'll trade dead him. cap. There, but there's going to be dead cap money from Le'Veon Bell. And, and, you know, and if you're going to drop C.J. Mosley, there's going to be a, a ton more dead cap money there, too. And I think, I think the way Joe Douglas looks at it is uh, C.J. Mosley wasn't his guy. Le'Veon Bell wasn't his guy. Sam Darnold wasn't his guy. Maybe just completely um, 
throwing away some of the players that uh, Mike McCagden was building with this team was, is a smarter thing for him to do. And I think that in the offseason, you're going to see a lot of Mike McCagden, whoever's left besides Quinton Williams uh, out of Mike McCagden's regime, is going to be gone. I, I, I really do. Adam Gase is the last one. Uh, the la- him and Greg Williams are the last coaches that are part of the Mike McCagden tree. I, I, I do believe that he's going to completely throw away uh, Mike McCagden's uh, rebuilding New York Jets organization team. So I, 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 I God, you know, not not to harp on the Le'Veon thing, but here's the other part that I think Joe Douglas really is failing at as well on this whole thing is, you know, listen, the trade deadline isn't for another three or four weeks. Yeah. Right. You could have put him on, you know, the the non-participant list or something like that. And, you know, you never want to see anybody get hurt, but it's a reality of football. Dak Prescott just hurt, got hurt. No one wishes that on him or whatever. Maybe there's a running back in the league that would have an injury in the next three weeks where you would be able to trade him. Why, why was there such a rush to get him out this week when you only have to wait three more weeks before the trade deadline is over? And then you could have released him. I think he was so much of a cancer and everything that was going on in the locker room. I, I, I think there's a lot more... In, but in, that's why I'm saying you could have still got him out of the building and put him on the non-participant list. Told him to stay home. Don't you're not going to get. You're not going to get a lot from it. If if teams know that you're sitting him out, there must be a reason why they're not going to give anything up for Le'Veon Bell because they know that eventually you're going to release him. And but, I but think there's a certain but, what 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 is the date for uh, releasing? Is is there any certain time? No, you can uh, release you can re- anyone any week. Okay, I didn't know. Right, that. but there is a, but there is a but there is a trade. Deadline, I know the trade. Right? I like, know the trade deadline's so, three weeks. From and now. so this is why I'm saying is maybe they should have held on to him for another three weeks, just because you, there is a chance. No one is wishing bad upon anyone, but there is a chance that an important player could go down with an injury, and then it would force that team to pay something for Le'Veon Bell rather than risk him going to the free agent market. And then any, then he could go anywhere, and then you wouldn't end up with him. Unfortunately, the, the New York Jets did what they did. Joe Douglas did what he did. And, and unfortunately, the Jets aren't going to get anything for him. Oh, bah humbug. That's, uh, that's, that's the way you're going to have to look at it. The, maybe they made the wrong, wrong decision on not waiting to trade Le'Veon Bell. Maybe they just wanted to get him out of the, the building, and that was the best way of getting him out of the building. Uh, I think there was a lot more entailed than what they're saying. And they were just trying to be nice. Joe Douglas came out uh, with a statement today. Uh, pretty much, it would let bygones be bygones. We, you know, we we let Le'Veon Bell go. He has he has an availability to go wherever he wants to go. So maybe he was just trying to be nice and giving Le'Veon Bell his the option to go where he wanted to go. So well, things aren't all bad in New York. I know that the Yankees lost, and that's disappointing. Oh, here he goes. And the Jets situation is pretty bad, but you know, you still have the Giants to look forward to. Oh yeah, they're great. They're a great organization too. <laughs> Uh, anyways, it's a, great, it's, a anyways. Great, it's a great thing to say to New Yorkers, though. Uh, thank I you, you all. You guys thank suck. You. Thank you, Jeff. You know what I'm saying? Jeff, I love you, man, but thank you for calling. It's terrific. And I'm so I know confused, he's loving by the way, this. with the, the mess the Dallas Cowboys are uh, <laughs> I knew I listen, I knew Jeff before he left, he was gonna mention the Dallas Cowboys. So Isn't it beautiful? I feel the bad Dallas for Cowboys. Dak. I feel bad for Dak. I do. Uh, listen, no one wishes an injury upon him, but you want to know what he's probably now gonna get outplayed. By uh, you know the the redheaded Hercules, Ginger Hercules, Matt's favorite quarterback. <laughs> I think he's going to play well. I do. I think he's going to. I think well. he probably will play pretty pretty well, right? Mm. But isn't that a bad thing for Dak Prescott? 
I don't think so. I think uh, he he will get franchised next year. He had a great season, and we'll but see. But he just what the got Cowboys franchised done. this year. The yeah. franchise number would like double at that point. I know, and I I think that uh, I think Jerry Jones will give him that option. So, anyways, Jeff, we got to get to our guest. All right, guys, enjoy your night. I'm very sad about you, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff from Tampa, lovely. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking to Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit Aiden Logan here. On below the mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 203 470 and remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, Jeff, thank you for calling and ruining my night. Thank you very much. My New York Jets stink. There's nothing to talk very highly of that organization, except hopefully Adam Gase is gone, and maybe, I, I, I don't want to say Sam Donald is gone, but... If you can get one of the best quarterbacks in the next, last 15 years to come out of the draft and, and Trevor Lawrence and be the lead, got, lead team to get that and finally get the quarterback of the future, well, then um, that's a good thing. Anyways, uh, we have our first guest of the day. We are now talking to Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit Aiden Logan. What's going on, Aiden? Hey, guys. What's up? Well, I'm not dancing, man. As you heard, I'm sure you were listening. Uh, our caller, Jeff, uh, took shots at the New York Jets. And if everybody hasn't watched the show, I am a New York Jet fan. And unfortunately, I watch terrible football every single week. I don't even know why I watch it. So there you go, Aiden. <laughs> anyways, right. anyways, how are you and your family doing I'm with this pandemic? Fan oh, you're a pa- hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe we're not going to be doing this interview. Who are you a fan of? <laughs> did you just say you were a okay. Patriot fan? <laughs> you did say that. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Tom Brady, Bill yes. stinking yeah. Belichick, Gronkowski, six championships. I don't want to get into that. Let's get into you and your family. How are you and your family doing with this pandemic? Um, man, it's, it's been crazy. It's been unpredictable. Uh, it's been a ride for sure. We're, uh, we're doing pretty good. Um, a lot better than a lot of other families I know for sure. And we're very blessed to be in the situation, but we've been doing pretty good. Now the offensive tackle position is a very unique position because I think a lot of people don't realize that out of maybe uh, the quarterback's position, that probably is the second or third most important position to play in football, especially college football. So as, as you were growing up uh, playing peewee football or, or you started playing junior junior high football or playing high school football, what made you decide to play the offensive offensive line or offensive tackle position out of all the other positions you could have played in football? Um, well, right off the bat, when I joined football, uh, I was already too big to be like a wide receiver 
or a quarterback or running back, something like that. Um, I was about a head and shoulders taller than everybody else. So they just stuck me into the lineman spot pretty quickly. Did you play any other positions outside of uh, offensive line on the defensive side of the ball? Um, I've been a backup for defensive tackle uh, pretty much forever, but I've been primarily offense. We are talking to Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit Aiden Logan. Now, Aiden, uh, what was it like to be recruited? I mean, I'm sure there were tons and tons of schools, uh, at least five schools looking at you, um, and and you decided to go to Arkansas State. What was it like being recruited when they came in, all the different schools, all the different coaches came in, sat down, sat in your living room talking to you and your family? How did they – how did Arkansas State – talk you into going to their school out of all the other schools that were interested in you? Um, Well, so they would talk to me more than anybody else would. Uh, They really tried to build a relationship. Um, I mean, everybody, everybody did, but I mean, they just, they worked their butt off to try and build as close of a relationship as they could. Um, I mean, they would, check up with my family and stuff. My mom, she was uh, pretty sick for a while. And uh, uh, every day I had a couple coaches asking how she was, you know, calling me, see how things were, if I was okay and stuff. You know, nobody else did that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was a big, that was a big thing for me. How is your mom doing right now? Oh, she's great. She is much better. Thank God for that. But yeah, that's good. She's to doing hear. a lot better. That's good to hear. That is definitely good to hear. So your conference in the Sun Belt has actually had a great start to this college football season so far. Various upsets, especially in week one. Your team had one of the biggest ones in week one, yeah. 35-31 over Kansas State. So what, what was your impressions on that when you saw that just the whole conference as a whole? You have Louisiana and Coastal Carolina playing today, both 3-0. and What are your impressions of that? And you think they can rise to be better or just as good as some of those power five conferences, lower end power five conferences. I mean, it was definitely, I wouldn't want to say it's a shock, but it was a pleasant surprise to say in the least. Um, I definitely think we could get up there, especially with how aggressive they've been recruiting and stuff. Um, I definitely think we can get up there with the power fives. As you guys know, we are talking to Arkansas state offensive tackle recruit Aiden Logan. Now, Aiden, uh, I, I've we've interviewed some of the top offensive tackles in the country and some of the top recruits in the country as well. When when you look at you, yourself from, and try to compare and contrast from all the other different offensive tackles or all the different offensive linemen that you've seen be uh, that were recruited, what makes you different from all the other recruits? What what could we see on the football field? Are, are do you have great feet? Do you have um, you have better hands. What 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 makes you a top offensive lineman when when going into Division One college football? I wouldn't say that I've just got um, some natural ability. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some natural ability, but it's not like I've just had amazing feet from the beginning or uh, amazing pad level, great hands, anything like that. Um, I've just worked my butt off to get where I am right now. Um, I think that some of the other better recruits, uh, they have a lot more natural ability, so they haven't had to work as hard for that. 
um, as I think I have. So I think I have an edge in terms of how much effort I'm going to be putting into every little thing I do. So at six foot six and 290 pounds, you're obviously a huge guy, but uh, in terms of comparing it to other NFL offensive linemen, even top college football offensive linemen, it's technically on the smaller end, judging positional averages, but also it's become more trendy. Teams want quicker linemen, screen blocking, stuff like that for all these new RPO type offenses. Um, Do you consider yourself that kind of offensive lineman that has been involved in those types of offenses? Um. My high school team, we're kind of a smash mouth football team. Um, I've actually gained about 20 pounds since last year when I did weigh 290. But um, I, I think I will adapt to be whatever the coach thinks will benefit the team the most and whatever they think I could be the best at. So if they want me to go out and try and block for some screen passes, I'll do just that. Or if they want me down in the trenches just blowing up the defensive tackles, I'll be doing that too. Now, Aiden, uh, what what pushes you to you know? Because there there are a lot of a lot of players that we've interviewed, and they've told us different ho- they they have different hobbies. They like to dance. They like to go out to the mall. They like to go shopping. What pushes you to play football? Is there any other sports that was interesting uh, to you when you went to high school? I, obviously, you're still in high school. You're a senior in high school. Was there any other sports besides football that stood out to you? Did that you played that interest you? that uh, you actually play for the school team? Um, yeah, I still play, uh, do some track. I throw in track. Um, I used six to foot six, lot, 290 pounds. But an injury kept me from continuing on that path. What, what do you do in track and field? So, I throw the discus and the shot put. Uh, most of you big guys do that. <laughs> Every, it's crazy because, yeah. like I said, we've interviewed a lot of guards and a lot of offensive linemen, and they all tell me they do track. And I said, you're six foot six, six foot eight, almost 300 pounds. What are you doing in track? And then they tell me, well, just because I'm a big guy doesn't mean I'm not athletic. I, I didn't say you weren't athletic, but what do you do? And they say shock put and all these other stuff. Uh, you got to be big and strong to do that. A matter of fact, there was a guy in the Olympics. Uh, well, obviously, we didn't have the Olympics this past year. It's it's moved to next year. There was uh, four or five years, four years ago, that was in the Summer Olympics that was shot putting. That was actually really, really small. He was like a uh, 190 pounds, and he was throwing he was throwing the shot put. I, I've never seen anybody that size throw the shot put the way he threw threw the shot put. I think it's incredible. It's a, it's it's a tremendous athletic ability that you must have. I I think it's it's probably even harder than football. Yeah, a lot of that is very technique-based. Um, if you don't have good technique, you're not going to throw it far. I mean, it's it's that simple. In football, you can get away with just being bigger than the other person at times or being faster or something like that. But um, in track, you you get what you put in. So is there anything that technique-wise or, may, or maybe even just the skill of what you do with throwing the throwing events you do that help you with the offensive line position? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of balance that's required. Um, I do the spin for shot and disc. So you got to have like great coordination. You got to know where all of your body is at all times. Uh, you got to be able to recover, you know, stay light on your feet. And I think, yeah, that definitely helps with football. As you guys know, we are talking to Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit Aiden Logan. Now, Aiden, 
we now are going to ask you some silly questions, okay? And uh, we expect some silly answers from you. Are you ready? I guess so. And we're going to try something new today, okay? After we ask you a couple of silly questions, I'm going to let you become the host of the show. And you get to ask one of – you can ask either or of us any question you want, okay? Ask us whatever you want, okay? Are you ready? Okay. First question, boxers, boxers or briefs and why? Uh, <laughs> um, boxers, I guess. Boxers? I, I don't know. They're just more comfortable. So you like them to hang. Is that what you're saying? I don't know, man. You know, you like them to hang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. I don't like, you don't must, like the tight stuff. So you must be wearing a big cup, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two, favorite snack to eat before a game and why? Taco Bell. Taco Bell? that's just because it's right next to my high school. How many tacos do you eat before a game? Um, like three. Three? You're a big man. You're six foot six. Three and a large. Well, you don't want to eat too much. Mm. Taco Bell oh, wouldn't. Up your tummy. Yeah, Taco. I usually get a lot of too. Taco Bell wouldn't be the fast food I would eat before a game. Let me tell you, because you probably are farting up a storm on the field. Matter of fact, it probably benefit you anyways, because you'd scare the defensive lineman away from you. So, so it can't be that bad, right? <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Uh, all right, third question. Blondes or brunettes, and why? I guess I blondes. Look, well, you're mean, blonde, right? Yeah, I guess it'd be blondes. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It. I mean, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> Do you have a girlfriend? I don't know, man. I do. That's why I figured. I figured. And is she a blonde? Yes. I see. Well, I am. I am like a mind reader. You see this? I've got powers. Let me. Uh, l- let me just guess. She's blonde hair, blue eyes. Am I right? Um, not quite. Ah, green eyes. Hmm. What does she have? What does she have? She's got about a gray eye. It's quite, it's neat. Oh, look at you, man. What's her name? Cambry. Oh, I like the name too. Cambry. Very unique name. Very unique. Very interesting. Okay. So now we're going to give you the mic. This is, this is the first time we've ever done this with any of your recruits. Okay. We're going to give you the options to ask either Speedy or me whatever questions you have for us, and we will answer them to a T. Anything you want. No holds barred. Whatever you want to ask us. Oh, Lord. I'll throw um, you a curve. If you could be – I mean, 
Anything you want. Any question you want. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. I know. I just got to think of a question, though. Really? You can't right. figure out. If you could be any animal, what would you do? Oh, God. Komodo dragon. I mean, it's. Yeah, I can all think right, of All right. That's a good question. That's a good question. You see, <laughs> uh, you know, me and Speedy have a lot of um, interesting, uh, inter- interesting th- uh, conversations offset, okay? Uh, and I always Mostly feed him one way. <laughs> well, what one way? What, what are you talking about? You like him more than I do. But... What do you mean? You like it too. Eh, sometimes. What, kind, what, what do you not like about the questions I ask you? Eh, a lot of them involve my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I like to have fun. Okay. Offset. A lot of people tell me, okay, I, I, I'll tell you this, Aiden. I am a crazy person. I like to crack jokes. If it's not about somebody's if, if, if there's nothing wrong with your mama I'll, I'll make fun or crack a joke about this or i'll say i'll ask him silly questions you know what i mean and he answers them he actually sits there and he answers these crazy crazy questions and he'll sit there and think for a second and then answer them so do me a favor ask a crazy question i don't care what it is ask him a crazy question he will sit here and actually answer the question to a T, and he won't even think twice. Any question you want. Uh, what is the sexiest name and the least sexiest name you've ever heard? Okay. I don't like any uh, one-syllable names. I like all long names. So <laughs> anything one-syllable, I'll just say something generic like uh, like Bob. I don't know. <laughs> anything one-syllable. Hold, I, I, hold, hold on one second. You like the name Bob? No, no, no. That's the least sexy. You just said you like the name Bob. No, no. No, I'm saying I don't like one syllable. So a lot long names. So give him a name. I don't know. uh, Kwamitra. I don't know. Kwamitra. What? I I, I like three syllable names. I like long creative names. So so wait a second. Wait a second. You know a person named Kwamitra? I don't know her personally. I just... I think there's one I follow on Twitter, but oh my god, Good. Uh, Aiden, that was a terrible question. Terrible. It was not a terrible question. That was don't, a terrible question. Don't 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 let him sweat that. <laughs> that's you're, that's you're, t- you're the trendsetter. You're the trendsetter here. I, I cannot believe you actually like the name Quamitra. I like long creative names that are. You like Cleopatra? Yeah. Oh, uh, figures. It figures you like somebody from the olden days. Oh my! I'm God. sure there's a person named Cleopatra somewhere. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, Aiden, you could ask me whatever question you want. I'll, I'll probably answer it. Okay, and it could be silly, it could be crazy, it could be stupid. It doesn't matter. I'll answer it. Hmm. I put you on the spot. What do you be, What do you feel about pineapple? On- what do I feel up feel about pineapple? Pine- I think he was about to say pineapple on pizza. I'm guessing pineapple on pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aiden, uh, I'm very picky with my food, okay? Um, I don't really like anything on my pizza. As crazy as it sounds, I'll either double cheese here. We live in New York, so we have the best pizza. We have the best pizza here. So uh, where are you from, Aiden? Where are you from? Missouri. You're from Missouri. Have you ever had New York Carpet, pizza? Missouri. Have you ever had New York pizza yeah. before? Don't think I have. So you've never been to New York? You've never had New York pizza before? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Aiden, Aiden, I am going to have to help you out, my friend. Somehow or some way, I might have to send (laughs) you a pie of pizza from New York. 
somehow in some way I might have to do that. I, I don't hey, know. I won't complain. I might have to do it. I know it might be cold pizza, but you could always reheat it. I might That's have not to be as authentic though. <laughs> yes, it That's will. Right. Yes, it will be. Missouri's not fair. If you box up uh, a, a full pizza, and what does it take? Two days to get there? I, th- I think you could heat, reheat it in the, in the oven. I, I can't see why. It's not the same thing, though. Uh, cold pizza is better than. Uh, oh come on, really? I like cold pizza. Really? I love Jeez. cold pizza. I don't like hot pizza. I like cold pizza. Wow. Okay. Uh, you be quiet because after that answer. What do you think about ranch and pizza? What What do I think about what? What do you think about eating pizza and ranch? With ranch, I actually just tried that for the first time. It's okay. It doesn't need it to be happening. Yeah. I. I'm more if I'm Just dipping okay. pizza. That's I love ranch dressing too. It's actually one of my favorite things. Ugh. Ugh. I, Ugh. but the combination with the tomato sauce, it's fine. It's not amazing. I'm more if I'm going to dip pizza, I'm going to do it more with garlic sauce. Ugh. I hate garlic too. Ooh. I, I don't like garlic knots. Really, I don't like garlic <laughs> knots. I hate garlic. Yeah, I'm, and I'm Italian. I, I don't like it. No. So what? Let me ask you a question before we let you go. What made you a Patriot fan? Out of all the teams, from you're from Missouri. What made you become a yeah. New England Patriot fan? Well, so I didn't really start getting into football stuff until my freshman year, and all of my friends are Chiefs fans, mm. hardcore. Family is too. Um, and it started out as something just to spite them, Uh they uh, they all hate the Patriots, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a Patriots fan, <laughs> and uh, I've been been a Patriots fan ever since. Well, maybe we can kind of uh, flip flop you to the Jets, even though they stink. I don't think I don't think you want to go to the Jets side. So uh, let's, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to go to the Jets side right now because they're the laughing stock of the NFL. So unfortunately, I can laugh with you because this organization is a complete appalling, ridiculous organization. So, Did you also have friend, friends that were Rams fans when they were in St. Louis, too? And if so, did they did they switch off once they, they their owner betrayed them and moved to L.A.? <laughs> My dad, he was a uh, Rams fan, and uh, he stopped liking the Rams as well when they moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Makes sense. Any any team that Speedy likes, I hate. So if he if he just automatically said he was a Jet fan, <laughs> I'd hate the Jets because I, I, you know, sometimes I just listening to him. It's like, you know why we call him Speedy PD? I guess you're not a Knicks fan anymore. Then. Well, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not a Knicks fan anymore. So there you go. You, you've absolutely made me turn on the New York Knicks, even though they stink, too. Every New York team here besides the Yankees stinks. So why am I not surprised? And the New York Islanders. The Rangers stink. Anyways, um... Aiden, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, it's just at Big Dog on Instagram. It's Aiden Logan on Twitter. Big Dog, huh? Is is, is that what your girlfriend calls you, Big Dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <that's, laughs> <laughs> That's what all my football players call me. I'm just messing with you, Jeez, man. Oh I'm God. just messing with you, man. I love. I know. Fun. I know. I love having fun. Well, Aiden, I I know you're. It's your senior year of high school. Uh, next year, 
will be your first year playing college football. Um, I'd love to get you on the show during the season so we could talk about how you are over there in Arkansas State, um, your feelings towards the team, and, and, and how far do you think the team will go. Uh, maybe a national title in the future. So we'd love to get you back on to be a, um, a friend of the a friend of the show. Sweet, I'd love to be back, man. Absolutely. And and by the way, the next time you come on, I, I want a little enthusiasm. And when you ask us the questions, I want you to come, cutthroat, attack us with the questions. I don't care what you ask us. You can ask him what color no, underwear I like. Okay, I'll, I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll break some good ones next time. I all promise. right, man. I appreciate you joining us, man. You're great. Uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. And I am going to, a matter of fact, I'm going to get your address. I'm going to actually, I'm going to mail you a pizza. I'm going to mail you a large pizza pie from here in New York. I'm going to go to the best pizzeria over here in Long Island, and I am going to mail you. I'm not lying to you. You you give my producer, we'll get you, we'll email it to you, or you'll email it to us, or you can text it to us, and I am going to buy you a full pizza pie, and I'm going to mail it to you. Thanks so much, man. I'm serious, man. Thank you. I want you. I want you to try. You've never had New York New York pizza before. I don't. I know it might the crust might be hard, but all you got to do is stick it in the oven, reheat it. And eat it. I guarantee you, even two days old, because it, it's going to be. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to get it within a day. You know, I'll, I'll see if I can special. Uh, I can mail it to you somewhere. I think you can a day uh, day mail. I think yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I, I think I can. I'm going to mail it to you, and I want you and your family to enjoy it. Okay, I'm going to send you a pizza. What do you like on your pizza? Thanks so much, Ben. What do you like on your pizza? Um, pretty much anything. What do you like? What's your favorite stuff? I, I'll make sure that I'm not picky with my pizza. Favorite topping. Favorite <laughs> topping. Um, pepperoni. Pepperoni. Okay. Pepperoni Pepper- or sausage. All right. We're gonna put. We're gonna get pepperoni on it. That's what we're gonna do for you. And uh, we'll get All your. Right. We'll, we'll get your address. My my producer Thank will text you. you. And I want. I and you better text us when you get it. You stick it in the oven. I want to get a text back from you, and I want you to tell us this is the best pizza you've ever had. I'm serious now. Yes, sir. I'll do that. I'm serious now. Aiden, thank you for joining us. I know. Thank you for joining us, bud. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. As you guys know, we were just talking to Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit Aiden Logan, and we are going to send him a pizza. I I am a man of my word. Uh, Tomorrow, I am going to get a pie of pizza. I'm going to get his address, and I'm going to mail it to him. And I expect... I expect a text message back from Aiden after he eats it, okay? And I guarantee you, even if it's two days or three days old, he will love the pizza. Guaranteed. The the guest pizza review. Well, let me tell you something. I have gone to different states. I've tried so many different pizzas from different states. Nothing's like New York. We went to Virginia. We've tried pizza. It's like thin, crusty, disgusting. The, The cheese is terrible. I mean... Nothing's like New York pizza. So what I'm going to do for him is I'm going to go to one of the top pizzerias out over here. I'm going to buy him a pie of pizza for him and his family, and I'm going to mail it to him. And I want to know his opinion. I, I, I'm going to make sure that uh, it's, it's taped up and boxed up right so it doesn't flop around. You know what I mean? I'll probably wrap it with something. I, I think I could wrap it with something. 
Um, I'll wrap it with something like, uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, gift wrapping. How's that sound? We'll get gift wrapping so nobody thinks I'm crazy mailing them a pizza box. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but I, I'll do something. But uh, Merry so, Christmas. Here's your pizza. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I want to I know his opinion. So I'm going to. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm going to buy him a pizza tomorrow and uh, I'm going to mail it to him. I want to know his opinion. So I think it's going to be funny. Oh, yeah. When uh-huh. he gets it, I, hopefully. What I got to figure it out is because, you know, they throw those pizzas around. I don't want it to flop around. Right. So I might have to stick something on top of it so it keeps it flat so it doesn't move. But I'll, I'll figure it out. Tomorrow I'll figure it out. Maybe you can give me some ideas. Anyways, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into the major leagues. We will get into the Yankees. Brian Cashman and Hal Steinberg have said some interesting, interesting things today. Uh, and yesterday. I definitely want to get into this when we come back here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631. Actually, tonight you can call us at... 203-470-0918. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And you could go to our app. How do you do that? You go to W, well, you go to I, I, Apple or iOS, WWSRN, or go to Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Y'all ready for this? Well, and that was terrible again, Speedy. Thank you very much with your great production skills. Again, well... The song was over, well, It doesn't matter. You slowly ease out of it, Mr. Producer. Anyways, I want to get into the New York Yankees, and, and we will get through... By the way, right now, um, it is the seventh inning of the ALDS, and the Houston Astros are up 4-2 to two against Tampa Bay. Tampa is up three games to none in this series, and they're looking to close out the cheating Houston Astros. So, uh, interesting thing that said, um, Carlos Correa says that he still thinks he could be a top player in this league. He was never a top player in this league. So, uh, for him to think that, when he came into the league, he was a good player. Then he got hurt. He has never been the same player. Maybe because he started dating a Miss Universe, and now he's married to a Miss Universe um, supermodel, or whatever right the World Series. Yeah. yeah, whatever. He hasn't been the same player. And, uh, maybe his cheating ways will just end his career very, very soon, because I can't stand Carlos Correa. Um, Hal Steinbrenner yesterday was talking to the press. And Hal Steinbrenner actually came out with some interesting thoughts to the Yankees moving forward. One thing he said that really worries me as a Yankee fan was he said that COVID-19 has affected the Yankees more than any team in professional baseball. Which means it has affected their money enhancement moving forward. And, and it's affected a lot of teams with, you know, no, no fans being in the stadium, no beers being sold, uh, probably less jerseys being sold this year because nobody's going out and buying jerseys or hats. So that's definitely affected the New York Yankees and their income. Um, DJ LeMay, who, who won the batting title, who might win the MVP this year, uh, is going to be looking for a big contract this offseason. Now, after hearing that from Hal Steinbrenner, do you guys, as Yankee fans, really trust that the Yankees are going to give DJ LeMayu a long-term deal? And the answer is no. I, I don't. After what I heard today, even from Brian Cashman, stating, you know, because one of the guys from the press said, 
what were your thoughts when Hal Steinberger came out that COVID-19 has affected uh, money coming in from the New York Yankees in, in all different ways and that the Yankees were hurt worse than any team in professional baseball? And he said, well, Hal, Hal knows what's going in and out when it comes to the organization. And, and moving forward, it could affect the Yankees on signing free agents. So if that's the case, you got Aaron Judge that's probably going to expect an extension. Uh, he's going to arbitrations for the first time this year. Gary Sanchez, you're going to have to make a decision with Gary Sanchez this offseason because he was terrible in the playoffs. And being that there were 60 games in a season, he really did nothing for the Yankees. And in a 162-game season, I still think Gary Sanchez is the second or third best catcher in baseball. I mean, even when he gets he goes into these streaks, he still hits close to 20 to 25 home runs. He still gives you 70, 80 RBIs. Tell me what catcher gives you those kind of numbers besides JT Romuto. Now, JT Romuto is a free agent this offseason. I know the New York Mets are going to be looking at him. Maybe the Yankees are going to be looking at him. But there's no way in hell after hearing what uh, Brian Cashman said today and Hal Steinbrenner said yesterday that the Yankees are going to open up their pockets and pay a guy like JT Romuto $160, $170 million. Now, I, th- I see the Mets doing that. Yeah. I-, I don't see the Yankees doing it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But uh, the questions are going to be with the Yankees moving forward is what are you going to do with Masahiro Tanaka, which uh, Hal and Brian Cashman has not answered. What are you going to do with DJ LeMayu? What are you going to do with this bullpen that completely was depleted all season long and, and, and imploded in the playoffs? What are they going to do with this bullpen that was horrendous? The strength of the New York Yankees the last 20 years was their bullpen. I mean, yes, they had Mariano Rivera, and he's the greatest uh, closer, greatest relief pitcher of all time. You probably never far. seen. Yeah. You'll probably never see a player of that magnitude again. No. But the Yankees have had very good guys in their bullpen, like Chapman, who Aroldis Chapman imploded as you saw against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I don't know if he's the same player. Um, uh, Adam uh, Adovino, he was absolutely horrendous all yeah. season long. You paid him a significant amount of money last year in free agency. Uh, he was good last year. He was terrible this year. Maybe the next year he's better. Yeah, he's always been like that his whole career, even with the Rockets. It's not an excuse. You yeah. got paid a lot of money. No, I know. I'm just saying that's the, that's been the trend of Adovino anyway. Zach Britton uh, is injury prone. The guy can't stay on the field. He, he's a good pitcher. He's injury prone. He gave him an extension, a four-year extension. That was a lot of money that they paid Zach Britton, who's a, an eighth-inning, seventh-inning guy. So now, you know, you have, you have Hayter, who's available. They've been trying to make moves to trade for him uh, the last couple of years. They couldn't make the deal with Milwaukee. Now he's a free agent. He's going to be expecting closer money. I don't see the Yankees giving him that kind of money. I could see it just for the purpose of how versatile Did he is. Did you hear what Hal said? Yeah, uh, yeah, but again, they could also be saying that just to bluff or lower the price. We've seen that before. He's not We're bluffing. not going after this guy that ends up going there. He's not like bluffing. That. He's not bluffing. You've got to pay DJ LeMayo. You're going to have to pay uh, – you're probably going to have to pay either Gleyber Torres this offseason or Aaron Judge. You're going to have to pay one or the other. Okay. Uh, Gary Sanchez, you're going to have to make decisions with Gary Sanchez is if he's the catcher of the future for the New York Yankees or are you going to move elsewhere – um, in in the near future, and I, I think the Yankees are going to move elsewhere. Yeah, I think so too. Just on how phasey of a position the catcher is. I, I think they have some catchers in their their farm system, and the fact is is that Gary Sanchez can't catch the ball. He's had problems. 
year in and year out. You saw him in the playoffs. He couldn't catch. Uh, Garrett Cole had to get his own catcher because Gary Sanchez couldn't catch for him. Uh, Tanaka had problems pitching to Gary Sanchez. So did um, so did um, AJ. Um, I'm sorry, not AJ. Um, AJ Happ. Uh, he's another one that couldn't couldn't pitch to Gary Sanchez as well. So. Um, Moving forward, the Yankees are going to have to make a lot of decisions, and they're going to have to open up their pockets if they plan to bring in DJ, bring back DJ LeMayo. So I think you know it's it's alarming as a Yankee fan. It's not alarming as a Met fan because the Mets are bringing in um, a new owner, and the guy's got fifteen billion dollars. He's the richest owner in professional baseball, uh, and I think he wants the Mets to be a contender next year. And as and you, I expect the Mets to open up their pockets next year, including bringing in a new GM. A uh, new president, a new vice president of player personnel. Uh, I think this team is going to be completely different uh, now that Steve Cohen has taken over the team. I, it's not going to be different with the New York Yankees. I did hear stories coming out that the Mets are going to be gunning for Brian Cashman. We'll see uh, if that is true, uh, if, if if Steve Cohen does go after Brian Cashman in the offseason. I, I also heard Theo Epstein. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does go after Brian Cashman, is the Yankees going to let him uh, let him speak to Brian Cashman? And if so, does Brian Cashman want to stay with the Yankees or does he want to go to a team that's going to open up their pockets? So uh, it's going to be a, a, an interesting offseason for the New York Yankees. It really is. So The only reason I say I think they could still pursue Hater is because it's not a big money thing. It's not like you're paying uh He's going to want $40 million. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Josh Hader? No. Josh Hader is a closer. He's not going to want forty million dollars. Is what starters are getting. You're not going to. You're not going to see that. 40, not forty million dollars a year. He's going to want forty million dollar contract over what three years, four years, uh, I think? something like that. Uh, yeah, he's going to want fifteen to twenty million dollars a year. Okay, which is fair. But I fair. I, you think the Yankees are going to open their pockets? They'd fair, rather pay DJ Lemayu. Right. I think they could do both. I think LeMay, really. Yeah, Lemayu is going to get probably in the in the twenty twenty five range. I would say, and Hater is probably going like, to get that fifteen. Are he's, the Yankees over the cap? Not right now. Not by their, but what, by three, four million dollars? When they pay DJ LeMayu, they will be. Okay. Okay, so why would they pay Hater forty to forty five million dollars? He might even want more than that. He might want a Roldish Chapman kind of money because he's been just as good as a Roldish Chapman yeah. in the last three, four years. Absolutely. So why wouldn't he demand eighty million dollars? No, he's definitely going to demand it, and you're right. He maybe he doesn't get it from the Yankees just because the Yankees have well, a lot of other contracts. But I think if that if the market is fifteen million dollars a year, I think the Yankees could still go in and get it, just because one, I think he provides versatility in that bullpen. He's not just a, he's going to want closer money, but he's not just a pure closer. He can pitch in many different situations. He can also pitch multiple innings a lot of the time. You can use him in that bullpen game even as a starter type thing. So I think it would end up being worth it because the Yankees have enough offense where I don't think they need to worry about it. And we see all the time their offensive depth be able to come through whereas we're seeing now with their bullpen depth that's a little more concerning right now if Adovino is off if Canley's off on a particular year guys like that have been streaky throughout their career and also if Britain's hurt like you keep mentioning uh, well I, I do believe that you know somebody like Britain Zach Britton is a great player he's a great pitcher guy can't stay on the field and the Yankees if you look at the Yankees bullpen in the last I would say the last year and a half it's not been up to par it's been Actually, even there, it's become a weakness from a, from a strength. Last year, 
Uh, all season long, they were the best bullpen in baseball. Going into the playoffs, their, their bullpen was horrendous. I mean, they made so many mistakes. Look what Aroldis Chapman did against the Astros. Obviously, they cheated. Right. But nevertheless, that bullpen was not as strong as what we saw in the regular season. Maybe they got tired. Maybe Aaron Boone didn't work them right uh, all the way into the playoffs. I don't know. You can, make, you can argue the points. Or, or, and, and by the way, I like Aaron Boone. I think he's a good manager. I really do. I think he's a quality manager. I don't know if he's a he's a top ten. I, I think he's a top five, top six uh, manager in baseball. I, I do. But he also coached the New York Yankees. Right. And Aaron Boone said some alarming things uh, today to the press. First thing says first thing that really alarms me about Aaron Boone is that we really are close. The Yankees are close every year. So for Aaron Boone to come up and say to the fans that we're very close, that is alarming. Because we all know that the Yankees are going to become – look at the lineup that they have. The middle of their lineup is probably as good as any middle lineup we've seen in the last 20 years. And depth is insane, too. Okay? Uh, their pitching staff, you paid Garrett Cole $37, $38 million a year – uh, to bring him to the organization. He grew up a Yankee fan, and you had to pay him that kind of mug, that kind of money to come to the organization. Masahiro Tanaka is a good number two. He was terrible in the playoffs. So I, I think he's on his way out. Yeah. James Paxton, which you made a trade for two years ago, can't even stay on the field. Now he, I think he's going to get Tommy John surgery. So he might be out next year. So I, I, James, James Paxton's gone too. The Yankees aren't bringing him back. So... You've got two pitchers now that you're probably not going to bring back to your organization. Then you have um, you have young players like Montgomery. He looks like he's a pitcher, but he's like a third or fourth starter. And he's always hurt, too. And Garcia, it, it shows you that you don't trust him because you pulled him out for J.A. Happ, who's still <laughs> under contract for another year. That you're overpaying for. $17 because you brought him from the Blue Jays and he was having a sensational year. And he was your best pitcher and it got you in the playoffs. <laughs> that was the, that's been the story of J.A. Happ's entire career. Remember, he also did that with the Pirates and with the Blue Jays, too. The Pirates traded for him from Philadelphia. He was great for that postseason, I think 2013. Then, then when the Pirates are struggling, they trade him to the Blue Jays. He was great in that stretch to win the division. Or to, not to get in the playoffs, my bad. The Red Sox won the division. And then the Yankees, who's the best pitcher in the second half of the 2018 season. So, it, it definitely but, but he's bothered. never liked that his whole career. It definitely bothers you when you're thinking about their pitching staff going into next year. They're all question marks. Tanaka's probably going to be gone. James Paxson's going to be gone. Montgomery is probably a third or fourth starter at best. Garcia is probably a fourth or fifth starter right now. He's not ready for showtime in New York to be a number two or number three starter right behind Cole. So you can't bet on that. So where do the Yankees go in the offseason? Do they go after Trevor Bauer? Do they overpay Trevor Bauer like they did with Garrett Cole? Because Trevor Bauer is going to get between $150, $200 million. I don't think he's going to get Garrett Cole money, but he's going to get close to $200 million. He was the best pitcher in baseball, in my eyes, throughout the season. He, he's going to win the Cy Young in the National League, even though he was 5-4 and four with Cincinnati this year going into the playoffs. He was, his ERA was under one at what, some points of, of the season. Right. His whip was under one. I mean, how many pitchers in an eight- or nine-game span? And I, I know everybody's going to say, well, uh, what's his name again from uh, the Cleveland Indians, the, the Bieber. Shane Bieber. Shane yeah. Bieber had a sensational. He was 8-1. That's in the American League. Right. Shane Bieber was great. If you look at his whip, Shane Bieber's whip to his ERA, Bauer had a better whip and a better ERA mm -hmm. than Shane Bieber. 
And he was the best pitcher in baseball, everybody was saying. Right. Bieber won the American League Triple Crown, but you're right. Bauer was ahead in some statistics, too. Bauer was a better pitcher than Bieber was this year. Yeah. So, and, and, and Bauer's going to demand a lot of money this offseason. He's never had major injuries. He's never had arm injuries because the guy is science-friendly. Science I mean, the guy does <laughs> all these science things in the offseason. I don't think he'll ever – I don't th- I think he'll ever tear his UCL or hurt his shoulder because the guy does all these crazy exercises. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guy's he unbelievable. He has all those quirky shirts, too, which are yeah, funny. Yeah. I don't care about his shirt. I no, I know, but it's, it's funny like how invested he is into the science like that. You don't usually see that from a player. No, I, I just think that he needs. if he comes to New York, he needs to learn, learn how to shut his mouth. You can't attack the fans. You can't attack the press. You can't throw the ball on the mound all the way out to the dugout or whatever. Draw, throw it out to the center field. Center field. Yeah. You can't do any of that. I mean, he's going to learn. How, he's going to have to learn how to compose himself if he's going to be here in New York. But uh, I don't know. I, I think the Yankees are going to have a lot of problems this offseason because there are some pitchers that are available. But I, I can't see the Yankees bringing back Tanaka. I really can't. And 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 James Paxson, being that he. He tore his UCL. I think it's his UCL. He's having Tommy John surgery. You're not going to see him until the year after. So uh, he's as good as gone, too, because he's going to be expecting contract. The Yankees aren't going to re-sign him. Now, would you rather have them go after, like, two, maybe number two type, number three type starters? Who's available? I'm just asking. I'm not saying names. I'm saying, would you rather have that or rather have them pay Bauer and trust their young guys? I'm just curious. I I would go after Bauer. Okay. I would go after Barrett because then you have your one-two punch in the playoffs. And you need two guys that can shut down teams' lineups. And, and those two guys can shut down lineups. Uh, I, Bauer has pitched in the American League. He's dominating the American League. He's dominated against the Yankees. He's dominated against the Red Sox. Trust me when I say this. The Red Sox are going to go heavily oh, yeah. after a Trevor Bauer. And absolutely going to go heavily after Trevor Bauer. Knowing that they lost Chris Sales for the whole season this year, he's coming back. You don't know if Chris Sales is going to be at 100% or 90%. And he, he's only good against lefties. He's really not good against right-handed, uh, right-handed uh, hitters. hitters. So I think they're going to have problems with uh, that. And Trevor Bauer is good against lefties and righties. So uh, I, I don't know. There are a lot of teams. I think the Mets will be interested in Trevor Bauer, yeah, too. absolutely. So uh, there will be a lot of teams interested in Trevor Bauer, and it's going to be – uh, money, 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 and money talks. And, and if it becomes a, an option of overpaying somebody, I don't think the Yankees are going to overpay Trevor Bauer. I've heard a lot of rumors, too, that imagine if this happens, the Padres for Trevor Bauer is one I've heard a lot. So. I can I could see that. Yeah. And, tra- and right now the Padres are an up-and-coming team. Uh, Fernando Tatis wants a, a, um, an extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, being that he's only been he's he's only been in the major leagues for a year and a half. Yeah, this guy already wants an extension. I mean, he probably wants what the Braves did with Acuna and Albies. He's not he he hasn't done it long enough. I mean, Albies and Acuna did it for two or three years mm-hmm. before they got that extension. Yeah, I mean, this kid's got to do it for two or three years for maybe after next year if he shows yeah. everybody mm-hmm. that he can do it again next year. Yeah, then he gets an extension. I I can't see the Padres giving him. A hundred million dollar contract, right. especially after this kind of year too. You, you, Sixty games is a, is a tough thing to judge on for a full season. Because remember, Tatis in twenty nineteen was great in the second half of the season after a bit of a slow start. Once June got in, and he really got going, and that's when he really started to show how great of a player he was. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to Stamford defensive end recruit Zach Bucky here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. 
As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. New York Eastern Time. And our show will be moving on Wednesdays to 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time next week. So it will no longer be a late night show. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, ladies and gentlemen. We're going back to our normal time. Uh, As you know, you can call us at 203-470-0918. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our damn app, iOS, WWSRN, and Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. That's all you got to search. iOS, which is Apple, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, I I would like to thank Aiden Logan for joining us uh, at the 1030 hour. Uh, now we have our second guest of the day. We are now talking to Stanford defensive end recruit, Zach Bucky. What's going on, Zach? What's going on? How are you? Well, I'm not dancing, man. I- I'll tell you this. I-, I hurt my neck in a car accident in January. And I have been going through so many extensive um, treatments when it comes to epidural. I feel like an old lady, okay? I'm 38 years old, and I'm getting epidurals. I had three epidurals. In five months, and my neck is still killing me. You know what that means? You know what that means, Zach? It means neck surgery, buddy. It means neck surgery. 38 years old and neck surgery. I was an athlete. I feel bad. I think people are feeling bad for me, but don't feel bad. I'll be at 100% one way or another. I got you. Anyways, uh, as you guys know, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit, Zach Bucky. Zach, how are you and your family doing with this pandemic? We're doing well. Thank you for asking. Um... So, the recruitment process. Now, obviously recruited by Stanford. We taught, Who did we speak to from Stanford? Connor Wesselman. Wesselman. He was we, a punter. Oh, yeah, Connor. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we talked to Connor, the punter, and he was a walk-on. Mm-hmm. I remember yep. he, he told us he was a walk-on. It's an incredible story. So, before, before St- you decided to go to Stanford, who was recruiting you, and what made you decide to go to Stanford out of all the colleges that were recruiting you? I mean, I got recruited by a lot of great programs pretty much around the country. Army, Navy were two schools scanning out for me. And there's a lot of, like, Fresno State was another big one close to home and more schools like that. And I think just Stanford academically is the best of the best. And there was no other school I could really go to. So specifically with David Shaw, who's one of the best coaches in college football, Errol and I both said he's a top 10 coach in college football. Top right five. So, uh, so what specifically about his coaching style swayed you to pick Stanford and also – where would you rank him among college coaches, both overall and defensively, too? Because he's one of the best on defense. Well, I just said, like, Coach Shaw just is one of the like, more quieter coaches. You know, you get a lot of guys who are really fiery and they like to yell and scream. And Coach Shaw just is very, very, like, calm all the time. And it's kind of like how he recruits, too. He doesn't push you. He's not like, I need you to commit by right now or your offer's off the table. He's very just – he's a good guy. and he, he knows what Stanford can do for you. He went there. And he sells you on him and the program. And that's awesome. As you guys know, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit, Zach Bucky. Now, Zach, I am a big Coach Shaw fan. I have always been a big Coach Shaw fan. I've always thought I'm very surprised that no NFL team had. Well, I'm sure NFL teams have reached out to him. I was surprised he never took an NFL job. I think he fits the NFL style of game. I really do. Uh, his defensive style of game. I think Stanford has been uh, – uh, slowly but surely, been one of the top schools in the country. So, 
when you look at your position as a defensive end, and, and we, we talk to a lot of defensive ends, a lot of the top recruits, what, what is exciting? A lot of people say, what makes that position so exciting? As a defensive end growing into the position, what makes that position an exciting position to play? Well, I just think the way you play a position is it's you're getting hit every play or you're hitting someone every play, and you can't really loaf at that position. There's a lot of times like maybe around the field that you get a little more free time, but when you're a defensive lineman, you're touching someone every time and you're going against some guy and you got to get ready. You got to be ready to play every down. I think that's the best part about the whole thing is there's no time to just sit around. You are in the thick of it every play, and if you mess up, it's going to be a touchdown. So – in terms of your moves as a defensive lineman, what do you what do you consider as your best move? And if there's any move you want to work on or learn, what would it be and why? Definitely my favorite move is a bull rush, just because it's very satisfying to go up to someone and just move them backwards and just dump them somewhere. And I really want to work more on my finesse moves, my more ghost rushes where I don't touch the guy and I use more of my quickness. Zach, I, I have a new move for you, and we're going to have to design it. Uh, we're going to call it the speedy move. Okay. I don't know. I like ghost rush. No, I that's like a, no, no. I like that's cool. I like the speedy move, you know? Like when somebody tells you, "Okay, we're going to do the speedy," you know? Maybe like a twist and shout kind of move. You fake one way and you go the other and try to move right into the middle of the gap. I that, I think that would be a great move for speedy. What do you think, speedy? As long as twist and shout from Ferris Bueller is played. Twist and shout? That's Beatles. That's the Beatles. No, it's, it was in Ferris Bueller. Though. Yeah, that's the Beatles. I know. I'm just saying that, that parade rendition of it. As long as that's played, I'm okay with it. You're an idiot. You know that? Anyways, uh, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit Zach Bucky. Now, Zach... I've watched the game of football my whole life. Uh, I grew up a Jet fan, and uh, as sad as it may sound, I've watched a couple of good defensive players in my time. Is there a particular defensive player that you can compare your skills to in the NFL or NCAA right now? Well, I think if I wanted to be a defensive player right now, it would be J.J. Watt. I mean, we kind of have similar body types in the fact that we're not exactly skinny guys. We're a little bigger, but we still do play on the edge a lot. And I think that's someone I really like to model my game after. He plays very physically, and he doesn't loaf, and that's awesome. So it's interesting that you were mentioning before that you were a, primary a bull rusher, and you mentioned J.J. Watt. With your size at six foot five and 250, usually you would think of that more as a speed rusher. Do you think that's an advantage for you as, a, as an athlete going forward with your type of prototype and just learn the speed moves later? Is that something that coaches have stressed to you? I think it's great to have a great move that build off of like a bull rush. You can do a lot of things because – Guys are going to think that, oh, he's in a bull rush me. I better be like prepared to sit back, and that's when you hit the speed move. And I think it's if people respect your bull rush, the other moves come easier. As you guys know, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit Zach Bucky. D- Zach, did you know that you were going to play Division One football uh, at a, a young age? When was the time that you thought that you were going to have the opportunity to play Division One football, maybe professional football uh, in the future? Well, my, my dad actually played in the league. And then he left when I was born. But I always grew up with that kind of, like, this kid's got pedigree. He better go to the league. And then I never really lived up to it when I was younger. I was a lot smaller. I actually was a freshman. On my, as my freshman team, I was a second-string defensive back. And I wasn't very good, so I wasn't really planning on going the route. But I put on a lot of weight, and I uh, grew about five inches. So that's wow. kind of what I was like. I'm going to play football next level, hopefully. And then the offer started rolling in, thankfully. Who was your father? I'm just, just out of curiosity. What Jeff Bucky. You don't know him. He was guard for the Dolphins and the Niners back in the day. Okay. I think I've heard of him. I, th- I, th- I think I've heard of him. I'm, I'm a big football fan. How long did he play? 
five years. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I've heard of him. So, uh-huh. as you guys know, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit Zach Bucky. Now, Zach, when I, again, we, we're big football fans. I watch a lot of college football. Is there a particular style of game that, uh, you know, watching the game? I, I, I watch the big SEC teams. I watch Clemson. I watch, uh, I watch Florida. I watch Alabama. I watch all these schools. And, and I know, you know, being that you're going to Stanford, you, you would love to play a national title against one of these teams and completely tear them apart. Nick Saban or, or uh, Dabo Sweeney or one of those guys that, you know, are, are very well respected in the, in, in the NCAA. Is there a particular coach you always wanted to play for? Take away Shaw. Uh, you know, in the last three or four years being a high school student, was there a, a particular college coach that really stood out to you that you say, I want to play for that guy? Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, David Shaw, and then after that would be Nick Saban. Really? Really? So you went to your dream coach. You went to your dream team. That's pretty much what you, you wanted to do. Now, what is your grade point average? 4.8. 4.8? Is there such a thing? 4.8? With yeah. honors classes, yeah. Honors classes. Oh, my God. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> you're a great football player, and you're an honors student. Hmm, interesting. I, I, I will be honest with you. I, I was a big-time hockey player, athlete. My great point average going, you know, when I was going, I, I did score decent on my SATs and my ACTs, um, but uh, I was a terrible student. I was a 2.8. I had a 2.8. A 4.8. You had, like... 20 points higher than me or whatever the heck you call it. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, 4.8? Yeah, my brothers who were taking a lot of honors classes weren't even that high. I think my, my brother, when he graduated, was like a 4.4. You have the like highest grade point average out of any recruit we've interviewed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By far. I mean, uh, is, is, uh, is, uh, were your parents honor students? Yeah, my dad went to Stanford. Really? Uh-huh. Uh, your father went to Stanford. So you always wanted to go to Stanford. You grew up a Stanford fan, and you're going to play for David Shaw. I mean, you're, you've, now do you see yourself playing professional football in the future? I hope so. That's my dream. Oh, well, I, this is, I like this kid, man. Mm-hmm. I like this kid. Confidence. Yeah. When I ask these questions to a lot of defensive linemen, even the top recruits, they're like, well, you know, I'm just happy to get a full scholarship, and um, I'm going to school for free. So he says, I'm going to ride that, and, and we'll see what happens. But I like, I, I like it. I like the confidence saying, you know, uh, that's my dream. That's what I want to be, and that's what I'm going to be. So I like that. So we are mentioning coaches before. Now we'll go on to teams. Two-part question. One, the parity of the Pac-12 is some of the best in college football. I love all those games, the Pac-12 after dark games. Is that one of the reasons you ended up picking him with the competitive? And two, which opponent of those Pac-12 teams are you most looking forward to facing and why? So I think the I love the Pac-12 because everyone can beat each other. I feel like in the SEC and you know, those more Eastern teams, it's tend to be a little more one-sided with one or two teams sticking out. I think the Pac-12, they're all very good teams and they're, really evenly matched with the exception of, you know, maybe a few teams. Mm -hmm. But if there's one team in the Pac-12 I want to play and just absolutely be to be USC. I've grown up not liking USC, and I hope we go and play them and beat them all four years. Well, as as long as Sam Darnold's not there. (laughs) Sam Darnold isn't there anymore. No, I know. He plays for the Jets, and he probably won't be playing for the Jets next year. So (laughs) Sam Darnold upset them the last time they were, I think, ranked in the top ten. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I like USC. I grew up. I, I watched Reggie Bush when they won the national title with Matt Leinart. Uh, I, I, I rooted for them. I grew up a Florida State fan. So 
I, I watched it when, when Florida State was actually good in the mid-90s and early 2000s. That was fun to watch because you got to see the U. Now you see these teams. They're good teams, but they're nowhere close to what they were in the mid-90s and early 2000s. So right. it's not fun to watch. It, it really isn't. You, the, the best games to watch is Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Oklahoma, one of those teams. I mean, not this year. Well, Oklahoma stinks. <laughs> yep. you know, but that has a lot to do with their uh, quarterback, who I can't stand. <laughs> I, I don't like their quarterback. Uh, what, what's his name again? Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. I can't stand him. You know why I can't stand him? I, I watched the Netflix um, quarterback U or something like that. QB1. QB1. That's right. QB1. And I, I watched – you know what I love about Justin Fields is he's so, like, dedicated to his score. The kid is a very smart kid. And the guy has no ego. You know what I mean? He just he goes out there. He plays the game. He knows he's good. I love that about a kid. You just go out there and play your, your ass off and, and show, it, show it on the field. Spencer Rattler, he, he's just cocky kid. I mean, he'll go to ESPN. He'll talk about how great he is. He doesn't even speak about the players. And then when he does speak about the players, then at the end of uh, QB1, uh, he got in trouble and he missed the, the championship game or whatever. I mean, the guy, I, I just don't like the kid. I, I, I And he could be listening to me now. I, I'll tell him right to his face if he ever came on the show. I don't, I don't like the kid. I don't like cocky kids. I like guys. I like... I like when they're on the field and they play the game. They have to be cocky. But when you come on, you're talking to an analyst or somebody's interviewing. I don't need to hear the cockiness from you. I, I really don't. Show it on the field. Don't show it. Don't talk about it. Show it on the field. That's what I like. Um, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit Zach Bucky. Now, Zach, tell us the best and, and your, your, the game that really stood out to you in high school, your favorite game, and the worst game that really stood out to you in your high school career. Uh, my favorite game is actually one of my like least favorite memories. So there was this game we played against our, our tribal about an hour north of us. And I had a really great game that week. And uh, I mean, that, that day and I had about four sacks and, you know, eight or nine tackles and I was feeling really good. And then they came back and beat us and I could have ended the game on a fourth and one, but I missed the tackle. So that always kind of stuck with me and that memory of just like shame. So I've always kind of remembered that. I've always tried to use that to, like, keep me hungry. And my least favorite game was we played our rival and we just got stomped. Like, we just got straight up. Well, your best game was probably your hateful game because you, you, you won with the four sacks, but you, uh, you lost the game. So you, lo- you won the battle, but you lost the war. Exactly. So I, I, I would agree with you. I, I was a good athlete, and I remember scoring six goals in a game against a Canadian team. Uh, one of the best Canadian teams in – you know, in – uh, the junior division yeah, yeah. in the junior division, and I scored six goals in that game, and we lost the game. Yeah, we lost it's, the it's game. Those memories like that, and I lost. We lost the game seven six, and I scored all six goals. <sighs> so, Damn. and uh, that that memory will always, and 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 the memory when I hurt my knee, which practically ruined my career. But that's that's a whole nother story. So, uh, as you guys know, we are talking to Stanford defensive end recruit Zach Bucky. Now, Zach. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, okay? A lot of crazy questions. I'm sure Jillian told you I was going to ask you some outlandish, crazy questions. And now we're trying something new today. I'm going to let you guys ask us whatever questions you want from us, and we will answer them to a T. I don't care what it is. So we're going to ask you three questions, and then you have a chance to ask us three questions. You can either ask Speedy or you can ask uh, you know, two from him and one from me, whatever you want. Any question you want. Crazy, outlandish, we will answer you. Are you ready? Yep. 
All right, first question. Boxers or briefs and why? Uh, it's briefs are more comfortable, like working out and stuff. No, absolutely. You don't like the you don't you don't like them to hang, right? I I, yeah. I agree with you, man. I, I finally, I mean, we we had we had Aiden on Aiden Logan or Arkansas State offensive tackle recruit, and he told us he liked boxers. And for some reason, uh, we we've asked this to about a hundred recruits. Most of them say boxer briefs. Some of them didn't even know what boxer briefs were. Okay, they were like briefs. Uh, are those the ones that go around your leg? I mean, they didn't even know. I mean, uh, Speedy wears tidy whities No, I don't. So, yes, he does. Don't listen to him, Zach. He wears tidy whities <laughs> Yes, he does. It, him and his MMA partner that used to be with us also had a weird, like, five, ten-minute argument about border boxer briefs, too. It was the weirdest thing. No, 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 no. You you wear tidy whities man. It's okay. I do not wear tidy whities It's okay. I mean, I see Haynes. Michael Jordan wears tidy whities Haynes makes more than just tidy whities Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Second question. Second question. Favorite snack to eat before a game and why? Fried rice because it's mandatory. We all have to eat it. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Fried rice. I like fried rice. Uh, I like uh, I like Spanish rice. You ever have the yeah, Spanish? Yeah, it's good too. Oh, my, my father had the best recipe, man. He had the best recipe of uh, Spanish rice. I love it. Uh, even before games, I would stuff. And I always threw up before a game. There was something Same. about it. I always threw up before a game. Maybe it was because of an adrenaline rush. And I knew I was going to have a good game. I knew I was one of the best players. You know, I mentally, physically, I just, for some reason, I, I just, I would go into the bathroom and throw up. And I used to eat fried rice like once a week before a game. And I used to throw up the most. And it used to come out of my nose. It was the worst. It was terrible. And I used to have that taste in my nose for a whole game. And my coach used to tell me, drink some water. I was like, give me some Gatorade. I want this damn taste out of my mouth. So uh, fried rice is interesting. We've heard a lot of crazy things. We've heard Skittles. We've heard gummy bears. We've heard hot Cheetos. We've heard it all. We've heard it all. Yeah, they cart it in for us. Like They just get like five trays, and they're like, all right, eat up. That's all we eat to eat. Well, you know what? It's funny. It's funny because I guess the coach in your school, they concentrate on making sure that you guys eat. Some schools, they probably don't do that. So, yeah, definitely. We have so, a great staff. There you go, man. I I, I love it already. And what, what? By the way, what is that baseball player in the background? Who is that? Is that, that Albert, is Al- Albert Pujols? Yes, mm-hmm. you're a huge Albert Pujols fan, huh? I'm a huge Angels fan. You know, Albert Pujols has been kind of shaky the past five years. I, I got a question for you. Do the Angels in the off season trade Mike Trout? I was just going to ask him the same thing. No. Thank Why? you. They can't. It's the only reason people are even watching them anymore. But you're looking at the team. The team has not been a promising team. I've made, they brought in Joe Madden. They, they brought in so many players, Rendon. They brought all these players in, Otani, and they still can't get over the hump. They can't even make the playoffs in a short season. So if you were an organization and you can get um, eight or nine top prospects from an organization, you wouldn't trade Mike Trout for him? I think we need to do for the Angels is you need to maybe get rid of Otani and maybe trade Rendon for the prospects because Mike Trout's keeping all the attention on them right now. You would give People up on Rendon after one year? If it wasn't for Trout. So they need to keep their main source of revenue on the team. And he's the best player, too. He's keeping them in games. You, you, would, get, you would give up on Rendon after one year? I'm not crazy about him as it is. I think he's a bit overrated. But you would give up on him after one year? If, uh, I think he's a fantastic player, but I think that he can bring a lot of extra young value to the organization that has struggled with their farm team for years. Yeah. And they need young pitchers. All their pitchers are going off with Tommy John surgery every year. Well, we know oh, yeah. what Zach could be after, after his career in football. He could be an analyst. Uh-huh. He knows his stuff. I like this. 
I like it. Maybe we'll get you on, and maybe you can help us out in one of our shows. Maybe you'll be our guest speaker, a guest analyst. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I like it. I like it, man. This guy's got uh, a fine future. All right, last question for, for you. Blondes or brunettes, and why? I date a brunette, so brunette. Brunette. Oh, so what, what is your uh, girlfriend's name? I don't remember. You don't remember her name. I'm huh? kidding. <laughs> there, there was an awkward She's silence. probably listening. <laughs> She's probably listening right now. You don't want to get her angry. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Alexia. Alex. Wow. These are nice names. Uh, who was the uh, uh, Aiden's name? What Aiden's girlfriend's name? Oh, yeah, I, I don't even remember now. It, it was very uh, unique. It was Cromdry or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something very... like that. Con- Condry, I think. Condry, yeah. Condria, Condria, yep. Condria. You guys, are, wow, I like that. All right, how long have you been dating? About a year. All right, a year. Is she? Uh, well, you're going to Stanford, so you're in California. Is she staying around where you're? You're going to school? She's going to UCLA. Oh, there you go, uh-huh. man. Wow, another smart one. Jeez. Right, uh, Pac-12 rivalry with you two. About <laughs> to start. Well, you get, to, you get to play Devin Kirkwood. So there you go. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Devin. Yeah. De- Devin is a nice kid, man. Funny, funny kid, man. We had him on the show. We ha- we couldn't, we, we, he couldn't stop laughing. Oh, we had God. him laughing the whole time. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we, we have kind of a bet. So if he gets three or four interceptions his first year of college football, I'm going to send him – uh, what was it? A, f- a five or six month supply of gummy bears. Yep. So. Devin and Devin and me, we, we have a bet. So I, I love Devin. Devin's a good kid. So definitely looking forward to watching you guys uh, grow as college football players. All right. So you can ask us any question you want. Fire away. My first one's for both of you is uh, what's up with the turf at MetLife? <laughs> yeah, a lot of players have been complaining about that. It's a, it's a pretty. Older, not old, old stadium, but it's on the older side of, of stadiums. Uh, they switch it off so often, maybe it's just eventually getting them. That's my theory on it. Old? I, in comparison to other stadiums. Their about, stadium's only seven or eight years old, Speedy. No, they changed the name seven or eight years ago. Uh, what the, do you mean change the name? They changed the stadium. It's a new stadium. Yeah, but I'm saying in comparison to other stadiums that are these new futuristic-looking stadiums, these new retractable roof-type things, mm-hmm. it's – and for – it's on the older side. Have you ever side. have you ever st- stood on MetLife Stadium's grounds? I have not. I have. Uh-huh. Okay, it's not as bad as people think it is. It is a little rough. It is a little rough. But a lot of these, they're all moving to turf. All these stadiums are starting to move to turf. The only stadiums that aren't moving to turf is Chicago because it's an mm-hmm. old stadium. Yep. But even the new Las Vegas, uh, it's it's turf. I mean, it's, it's inside. It's all turf, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's just Chicago and Green Bay left for yeah, natural grass. This, it's all becoming turf. It's, it's going to be terrible. And if you play in the NFL, uh, you better be careful, man. You're going to have to wear enough padding because it hurts. You go up and you try to catch a ball. You're landing on your back. It's nothing like uh, – Landing on turf, let me right. tell you. It feels like you're, Yeah, I got a few marks from it for yeah, sure. It feels like you're landing on wood. It's terrible. Yeah. Hot wood. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. You can get uh, turf, uh, turf burn. That's another thing. That's, that sucks. All right, next question. Uh, it's another football one. Okay. How did the Jets mm. handle their quarterback situation after the end of this year? It's a good question, and I'm a Jet fan, so I'm going to help you out on this one. If the Jets have a 0-16 and uh, season, and I think they will. I don't see them beating anybody. 
Miami is going to run them all over. You saw what Miami did against San Francisco last week, and yeah, don't remind me. Yeah, I know you're. Uh, he's a San Francisco fan, so oh, okay. Yeah, you can. As soon as he said, "Don't remind me," so you know he's a San Francisco fan. Uh, but they didn't have their. They didn't even have their uh, starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, will be back this week. So, as far as I've heard, so um, I just I, I don't know. I, I think more than likely, if they get the number one pick, which they would get the number one pick because they have the second hardest schedule in professional football this year behind the Patriots. I, I, how could you, how could you not draft Trevor Lawrence? I mean, right. But like, in retrospect, why don't they use that pick and trade for someone that like is more established? I mean, Lawrence is just coming out of college and the Jets history with drafting quarterbacks in the draft is not good. You're right. Yeah. But they also don't get many high profile prospects like that no, either. No, the, the only one that you could really say like long-term that you could, or looking at their whole history is they passed on Dan Marino for Ken O'Brien. And, like, and, and they could have drafted Peyton Manning, but uh, Bill Parcells right. opened his big mouth and Peyton Manning decided to stay in college football for, for one more year of playing Tennessee. So uh, it hurt the Jets from getting Peyton Manning. Who, who would have known? Who, who knows that if Peyton Manning became the quarterback of the New York Jets, how many championships the Jets would have won with Peyton Manning? So um, I, I think knowing that Trevor Lawrence is a high-profile quarterback and what everybody has said about him, he is a no-brain superstar in the NFL. And when you look at uh, – when they're saying that he is a better prospect than Andrew Luck going into this year's draft – that's saying a lot, man. And you're That's and, hard to say. Uh, well, that's what they say. I mean, they, they say he has no weaknesses. Uh, Andrew Luck's problem when he was coming out of college wasn't his brains, wasn't 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 his athletic ability or his throwing ability. Uh, they said that he was uh, you know, outside and inside over the, some of the uh, over the shoulder passes, he wasn't uh accurate in those passes. They're saying that Trevor Lawrence it, there is no weaknesses on this kid. So, uh going into this year's draft, Everybody's expecting Trevor Lawrence to be the all-purpose number one draft pick, and he will be. It, either if it's the Jets or the Giants, Daniel Jones or Sam Donald. It what, worst comes to worst, the Jets move Sam Donald. They trade him. They get a first and a third for Sam Donald. They send him to Chicago, Pittsburgh, or Indianapolis, and, and get their picks. So uh, I think San Francisco's going to need to be shopping at him this year. You think so? Yep. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo there. Jimmy Garoppolo's had a great year last year, but he hasn't really replicated that this year at all. And there were a lot of times last year where his running game was able to carry him through the latter part of the season. He never really threw a lot during the games, and now he's throwing a lot, and he's throwing a lot more pace. He would love – I think Sam would love to go to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. he, he would I love think it. he'd be good there. Uh, I think he would love to go to San Francisco, but I, I, San Francisco's going to have to open up their pockets. And, and what I mean by that, they're going to have to give up a significant – uh, type of draft pick, draft stock to get them, and I, I don't know if San Francisco is going to do that. I could. See... I think they have to get rid of their like more of their receivers right now because they're paying so much to Nick Bosa. Yeah, they're paying a lot to Eric Armstead. I mean, they got rid of Buckner, but I mean, still they have a lot of stuff open up, and they need to start closing it down a little. Bit. I feel that was bad. a very weird move. I feel bad for Nick Bosa. Actually, I really do. Yeah. I really do because Nick Bosa might never be the same player again coming back from that kind of injury. And and being that he, he will, he's a, he's a shock put coming off the edge. I I know you loved I know you love Nick and but Nick coming off an ACL injury of that magnitude, it it, it does affect pass rushers. We've seen pass rushers pass rushers come back. He's not ex, you're not as explosive um, at the edge. So I I I think if anybody could do it, it's Nick because he's yeah. so athletically gifted. 
Um, but it, definitely as a, as a fan, and I like Nick. I, I'm a fan of Nick Bosa. My girlfriend's in like in love with him, so they're <laughs> absolutely in love with him. I mean, who isn't? I mean, every single woman's in love with this guy. But uh, he's he's an athletic beast. But him and his brother, they just can't stay on the field. That's yeah. a huge problem for them. So uh, you're right. Sam Donald would fit perfectly with San Francisco. But is San Francisco willing to give up a first and a third for him? That's going to be the question. Before you get to your next question, I want to ask you this. Because him and I argue about him all the time. Where do you stand on Kyle Shanahan? And do you blame him for the Super Bowl He loss? stinks. He stinks. I, I think he's a fantastic coach. One of the best in the league. I just think he made a blunder. And every coach is going to make a blunder. But I think he was more high profile because it was in a high profile game. And it was at a high profile moment. And I think he still has a lot of offensive genius they wouldn't have gotten the Super Bowl without him mm-hmm. I mean the kind of stuff he was dialing up throughout the playoffs and the regular season was one of a kind the rest mm-hmm. of the NFL is copying that right now by trying to hire out his assistants so I think he's still one of the best young minds of football I'm with Sean McVay so uh you know he he made another blunder in, in Super Bowl what was the Super Bowl 51 51 with the Atlanta Falcons uh, which I don't blame him for he oh does. absolutely does so. why was why did he stop running the ball and even with the San Francisco 49ers Kansas City they were up by almost 10 points they were up 10 points with what six minutes left of the Super Bowl they were going to win the game and for some reason again he stops running the ball you have a three-headed monster you had the number one rushing offense in the league last year and all of a sudden you stop running the ball it makes absolutely no sense Kyle Shanahan he's a great regular season head coach when it comes to the big game the guy's a choke artist I do not think he's a good head coach that's just my opinion I'm sorry but I don't think he's a good. I think I think San Francisco's got a lot of talent. They got a tremendous amount of talent, and I, I still think when they get healthy next year, they're going to be one of those teams that that you're a favorite to come out of the division and win a Super Bowl. I just don't like Kyle Shanahan. I never did. I, I just don't think he's a good coach. Next question. My last one's another Jets question. Uh, what's up with Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> what's, what's what's up with Le'Veon Bell? Well, um. What? And where, how does he does he bounce back from this, or is he done? You know what I I would like to see I would like to see Le'Veon Bell go to San Francisco. I, I think he would fit very very well in that offense. Can they afford him though? Because they, they can't afford him. I know yeah. they I know they can't afford him, but I would love to see Le'Veon Bell in that offense, especially Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball. Um, it's going to be a good question. I, I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I've been hearing stories. Uh, some people were saying the Patriots. Some people said the Chicago Bears. Um, I think Tampa could be another Tampa, one. Tampa, Miami. Mm-hmm. I heard Miami yeah. Dolphins, mm-hmm. uh, another team. I think he's going to go to a team that's a playoff contender. Um, I could see Chicago. I, I, I could see Chicago. I think he'd fit very well with Chicago, especially in that offense with the coach over there. They, they, you, he comes from Andy Reid's type of offense. And what does Andy like to do first? He likes to run the ball. And they don't really have a good running back. Right. And with Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Foles over there, and he's not a guy that likes to move inside and out of the pocket. They like to run the ball. Uh, he, he's the type of guy. The Jets misused him. You know that. I know that. The Jets misused him. And uh, Adam Gase, the uh, so-called <laughs> offensive guru slash quarterback guru, go ask Ryan Tannehill if he's a guru. Ryan Tannehill goes over there to Tennessee and flourishes over there. He scores 41 points against arguably one of the best offenses, uh, best defenses in all of football uh, yesterday. And Ryan Tannehill is becoming a star right now in the league right in front of our eyes. And Sam Darnold can't stay on the field. And, and when he does stay on the field, he can't do anything because nobody can create separation. That has to do with coaching. So where do I think Le'Veon Bell is? What's up with Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell didn't want to be there. 
Jamal Adams don't want to be there. Who would want to be there when Adam Gase is coaching that team? I mean, you would want. I, I think I would be a better coach. I think people would listen to me when they don't even know who the hell I am. And I, I think they'd listen to me just because I'm crazy and I'm just appalling and I'm a comedian. So they'll probably just laugh and go out there. Okay, coach, uh, we'll do whatever they tell you. Go, go run the gaps. Go close the gaps. Whatever. Do whatever. I, I don't know. I, I just I think right now Le'Veon Bell wants to go to a team that's a playoff contender. I could also see Pittsburgh again. I could also. I, see that's what I was just going to say. I think Pittsburgh has a shot to pick him back up. Yeah, and I, get wow. over that whole separation. I, I agree too. I think Pittsburgh's another team. He grew up a Pittsburgh fan. Well, he grew up a Jet fan, supposedly, yeah. quote unquote, because he was a Curtis <laughs> Martin fan. He grew up a, a Jet fan, but he he also, you know, his family loved Pittsburgh, and he, obviously, he was drafted in the second round by Pittsburgh. You don't think he's still bitter bitter with their front office, though? No, uh-huh. money talks, buddy. Money talks and championships talk. And if he has the best chance of winning a championship with Pittsburgh, he'll go to Pittsburgh. Uh, He's got the choice. That's the great thing about Le'Veon Bell. The Jets gave him the option to go wherever he wants, which, I mean, a lot of people are upset. A lot of Jet fans are upset because why couldn't we wait until three weeks? Like uh, Jeff called the show and he said, they should have waited and they still probably would have gotten a sixth or fifth round. They weren't going to get crap for him. They, they weren't. Nobody was going to pay him because everybody knew he was going to be moved. And if he wasn't going to get moved for a certain amount of time, they were going to release him. And that's what happened. They didn't even give, they didn't even give it three weeks. They just released it. Ed. And I, he'll be on a team by the end of the week. B- don't be surprised if it's Pittsburgh, Chicago. Mm, who's the other Tampa. Team? Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, no, Tampa got F- Leonard Fournette. So I, I can still see it, though. Last week, though. I'm sorry? He didn't get any carries last week, I don't think. No, he got hurt. No, Ronald Jones oh, has yeah. been more of the yeah. featured guy there. Yeah, Leonard, Leonard Fournette is hurt right now. Why are we not surprised? But Leonard Fournette can't stay on the field. But uh, Leonard Fournette, I, I don't think they're going to bring Le'Veon Bell. I could see Miami. I, yeah. I could. Mm-hmm. Also, Gaskin's Buff- doing really well there, though. Yep. How about Buffalo? How about Buffalo over there? I mean, they got single Singletary, but uh, Le'Veon Bell could be used as another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So uh, right. I, I, I could s- I could see Buffalo. I he's going to go to a team that is a playoff contender. He's going to he wants to play in the playoffs. He wants to compete. And that's Le'Veon Bell. Jamal Adams too. Maybe we'll go to Seattle and they can bicker and fight with each other over there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be funny. I mean, he he had a lot to say to Jamal Adams uh, when Jamal Adams uh, kind of pushed himself out of New York, and then all of a sudden he did the same thing. So that'd uh, be it, quite a know, revenge game if both of them were there. Whenever the Jets and that? Seahawks play, could you imagine that? I could see that happening. I could see him going to Seattle too, but uh, I don't know, man. Any other questions? That's it. Thank you. Oh, man, you are great, and I I definitely want to get you back on the show, uh, Mister Four Point Eight. Um, how, how fast do you run the forty? By the way. Uh, four eight one. Really? Hmm. How tall and how heavy are you? Six five to fifty five. Wow, pretty good, man. Did you ever think about playing linebacker than uh, defensive end? Not fast enough. Really? Mm-mm. Well, maybe you'll get faster. You know, when you play college football, you still, dude, dude, you haven't even fit into your body yet. You're seventeen years old, right? Yeah. You're, you're a baby, man. You're that. There are guys that go up point two, point three in college. We've seen it. So. Who's to say that you can't? Uh, I, I yeah. definitely think that you could. Uh, if you're as smart as you are, you'll find a way to, to you know, mentally and physically figure out the scientific way to move faster. Are you a good science science major? No, you're not good at science. I'm not good at science either. So man, man, we got a lot in common. Are you good at math? Nah, kind of. 
Ah, I hate math too. So you see this? My, yeah. See, I, I found somebody. You know, I interviewed a, a baseball coach a couple of months. Yep. Uh, what was it? Seven, eight months ago. Jerry, Jerry Oaks. Jerry Oaks. And I'm sitting there. And who? Well, who's he coach? Pittsburgh. Pitt. Yep. Pitt. Right. And I'm sitting there. I'm having a conversation with him. I said, "So when's your birthday, man?" And he says, "April." I said, "April what?" He says, "It's at the end of the month." I said, "Don't tell me you're April 29th." And he says, "How did you know?" He said, "He was born April 29th, 1982, and he was born an hour." After I was. Figured uh, uh, that one out. And then you guys both went to the same baseball game. We went to the same Yankees baseball game. He grew up a Yankee fan. It's so crazy. It was crazy. It, it is crazy. He's like, he actually called his mother at the end of the game and says, you, you cannot believe who, uh, who interviewed me. And we're same birthday. He was born an hour before I was. And we were at the same baseball game at the same time, almost in the same exact spot at the game. At Yankee That's Stadium, crazy. It, it's just it's it's really crazy. It, it's uh, you know, Twilight Zone crazy. But yeah, uh, tell the fans how they can find you on social media, my friends. At Z Bucky on Instagram and at Bucky Zach on Twitter. Uh, I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to your girlfriend, Alexia, right? Alexia, is that that's her name? Say, I'm good. I'm good. I can remember their names. I can remember a woman's name. I can't remember anybody else's name. Uh, well, that's not – I don't want anybody to get angry over there that's watching the show. But uh, I remember a woman's name. I can't remember a guy's name. I don't understand it, but I don't know. Um, anyways, I would love to get you on the show when the season starts for Stanford. I would like to see where where you're at. How do you feel? How the team is? Uh, and we want you to be a, f- uh, a friend of the show, a fan of the show. Are you following us on social media? I am. Okay, man. Are Always you, follow back. Are you? Are you? D- did you download our app? I think I'm not sure. I will after this stuff for sure. Well, do you have iOS or do you have uh, Android? iOS. iOS, man. WWSRN. It's WWSRN. I want you to follow us because uh, uh, Devin is following us. He actually sends me a bunch of messages thinking that I'm out of my mind. So uh, he, he tells me all the time. I, it's funny because all you guys, we've interviewed so many recruits. All of them think that I'm crazy. I'm, and I, I am a little crazy and outlandish. And I, when you hang out with me, I, I'm not the drinking type. But some people think I'm drunk when we go to parties because I am the life of the party and I'm the crazy SOB. I, I do a lot of crazy things. So I, I am not afraid to do anything. So that's for damn sure. This guy over here, he likes to dance. Even though he can't dance, he, he dances. He's like a rocket. He does these high kicks. It's, it's crazy. So offbeat, too. You got to put him on house music. You like house music? Eh, it's okay. What kind of music do you like? Rap. Uh, what like, kind of hip hop? Do not tell me. Oh do not tell me, little baby. You mean Dub Baby? Dub Baby. I'm sorry. Dub Baby. You like Dub Baby? I like the baby, yeah. Uh, figured you do. I mean, <laughs> who else do you like besides Dub Baby? Polo G. Okay. Uh,. I like Jay-Z and Kanye are both, like, classics. They're good. But I also love Frank Sinatra, though, so that's kind of nice. All right. I like Frank. I like Frank. I like Frank. All right. Uh, Dad uh, taught you well with uh, some style of music. All right. All right. Stanford grad. This guy's going to be a Stanford grad. His father was a Stanford grad and future NFL player. I'm going to be rooting for you. And if you do go to the NFL at the draft party, we are invited to your draft party. Is that a deal? Uh I'm right. telling you, man, you do not I, – I, a lot of the uh, – I'll be jumping different draft parties because a lot of guys <laughs> – a lot of guys invite me. I will tell you this. There is nothing like me going to a draft party. I've been to a bunch of draft parties for the NHL, NBA, and the NFL. 
I go, you guys will have, uh, you'll probably throw up. I, I am a, a crazy SOP. And I like to have fun with people, so I like to play games. So, anyways, thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we're looking to get you on again. Awesome. Sounds great. Zach Bucky, ladies and gentlemen, Stanford defensive end recruit. Great kid. Mm-hmm. He's a great oh, kid. Yeah. Love him. One of my favorite interviews. Mine it really too. is. Mine too. Mm-hmm. Very nice kid. Knows his stuff too. Yeah. I we definitely got to get him on a guest as a guest, uh, talking sports. I think he would be great. Maybe we'll go. Uh, maybe we'll get him on. Maybe once or twice here and there, and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about Angel Baseball or something like that. He knows his stuff. Yeah. He knows his stuff. He knows his sports. So, uh, future analyst, uh, play-by-play or broadcaster. I think he. I think he could do it. Mm-hmm. I really think I he could too. do it. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back next week, especially on Monday, uh, 6 to 8 p.m., down to the wire. Our new time for Below the Mic will be 6 to 8 next week, starting next week. Uh, Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. Download our app, iOS, WWSRN, Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Follow us. Oh, it's crazy, man. I'm tired. My neck is killing me, man. It's burning the hell out of me. But anyways, uh, I'd like to thank Aiden Logan for joining us. Arkansas State Offensive Tackle Recruit. Great interview. And just got done with Stanford Defensive End Recruit, Zach Bucky. Great interview. Shout out to Jillian and Ricky. Uh, Jillian, you're a superstar. Really appreciate all the different guests that you get on our network. Uh, they're absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, tomorrow. Uh, the wise guys are not on this week. Tomorrow we have, um, we have the fantasy show, MD's fantasy football right. show, and we have the hit, Ryan Hickey show. Ryan Hickey show. We have Ryan on, and uh, shout out to all the shows today. The Hit List, great show today. Uh, they always uh, they they have their uh, own opinions towards everything in sports. Uh, the wise guys will be on next week. We have some new shows joining us, so stay tuned for that. Uh, until next week, this is Errol Marks and Speedy PD saying good night. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.